Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is cautiously optimistic about the draft results. Uh, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. That might not be entirely true at all because we have not talked about our draft thoughts at all. Um, we will get to um, our Patreon. You know, if you're in our Patreon feed, you know that we're raising money to get Scott a new Roomba um, <laughs> because uh, tragedy has befallen his house. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but the running gag about how the the apartment building she lives in is actually just uh, an upside down tugboat. Yes, like, that's actually my house. Yeah, no, his <laughs> Scott is is in is in the poops and um, like the the replacing his Roomba would be the least we could all do. Uh, <laughs> um, so also my favorite gag running gag from that show was in the first season, definitely where they kept offering people water and they would pull bottles of water out and they'd say, no, thank you. And they would just throw the bottles of water away in the trash. <laughs> it was like Fiji too. Yeah. yeah it was like Fiji. It's just like a, a fridge full of Fiji. Water. Here you go. And she just throw it away. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paul, did you have a favorite gag from uh, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or, or, I did no. not, and I've only seen like six episodes, so I can't really. For shame! Jump. I know. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to be kicked off the podcast for that. I think. No, no, we would have kicked you off way. That's true. I've had that. many other indiscretions that could have gotten me kicked off. So that would be that could be the straw, but I'm glad it's not. Well, speaking of straw, uh, the Bills sucked up some new talent in the draft <laughs> wow <laughs> and um i thought you were gonna make an osmosis reference somehow, yeah that might have that that been good too um so the bills did the Put draft straw into gold hopefully yes perhaps they did perhaps they did um the, the, the bills drafted some players uh the afc east did some things uh we had some roster moves and we have some loose ends to tie up so let's get started uh paul has kindly put together our draft and notable undrafted free agents. Let me read them off to you uh, in full, and then we will start with Paul. Um, Paul, you can tell us your your thoughts on the draft first. But in round one, defensive tackle Ed Oliver uh, from Houston, many of whom thought would not be available at the ninth pick, and uh, he was. He has already signed a four-year, $19.675 million all-guaranteed rookie contract uh tackle cody ford went in the second round in the third round uh running back devin singletary sure to be a talking point today tight end dawson knox in round three from ole miss round five uh voshan joseph uh, a linebacker safety jaquan jock johnson in round six uh defensive end daryl johnson jr tight end tommy sweeney uh from uh BC is that British Columbia? No, Boston College. Boston College. That'd <laughs> be thinking, awesome. I, yeah, right. British uh, Columbia, of course, would be UBC. If right, I had UBC. It. Yes. Uh, uh, he was the round seven pick, and then Tyree Jackson uh, from the University of Buffalo, quarterback, wide receiver uh, David Sills, um, the fifth or V David Sills V, uh, West Virginia U, uh, Juwan Foggy from Charlotte, Nick Easley, Cam Lewis, wide receiver, cornerback. Um, all picks have been side, signed except for um, Dawson Knox, the round three pick, but that is merely a formality at this point because he has nothing to do and nowhere to go. So <laughs> um, those are your picks. They addressed some things. They uh, There is some surprises in there. Paul, give us your initial impression of the, of the 2019 Buffalo Bills draft. Yeah, I think you... 
you hit my opinion on the the head when you said cautiously optimistic. And the good thing for me is that it is about as strong a positive opinion as I will have of any draft, particularly a Bills draft based on, on recent years experience that, you know, looking at this, you know, I hope, I hope five years from now proves me right, but I think they definitely took the right approach in this draft. I don't think that can be argued. Brandon Bean told us all along that they were looking going to try and get the best player available. There are no points where their picks were stretched. That's an arguable point that you can certainly dig out later if you like, but at Oliver, they had in some of their mocks going as early as three they really thought he was a good fit in Buffalo, so he did go to Buffalo in a number of mock drafts. But thank you, New York Giants, for drafting a quarterback earlier than you needed to for virtually guaranteeing the Bills were going to get a very good player. And I think Oliver, you know, he's it's difficult to say a step up over Kyle Williams, but possibly a step up as an athlete over 2018 Kyle Williams. Let's put it that way. He does not his does not have the track record nor the leadership, but he's certainly got all of the ability. And and the second round, Cody Ford, they traded up to get him. And I almost feel like this was a way of saying to the Raiders, you know what, Raiders, we really ripped you off with that AJ McCarron trade. He played two games for you hmm. and threw eight passes and completed one of them. So I'll tell you what, you can take that pick back. Just let us move up two spots in the draft. And they're like, deal. And then we gave them that McCarron pick back. But I digress. Ford, they're already, they start him at right tackle in minicamp. And that's where they're going to first try him out. But he can play guard as well. Again, nasty demeanor on the offensive line. I know that is cliched to say that, but I think they missed some of the nastiness of Wooden Incognito up front a lot this year. So I think that's going to, to help. Singletary, I'll spend a little time on. This is that controversial pick, but really, you know, people are saying go with wide receiver and time will tell whether or not that was the right decision or not. Brandon Bean said, you know, there was a point when they thought about wide receiver, but they felt when that pick came up, they'd be stretching uh, for it. And they had Singletary off the board much earlier. Your youngest running back, I believe, is 93 years old. So mm -hmm. I think you need to add an injection of youth into this. And, you know, if you lose a third round pick because of it, so be it. But if you find a, a diamond in the rough type of player and you don't have to spend a day one or day two pick to, or well, I guess it's the end of day two pick to do so, you take that. Last pick I, I talked about in depth is Knox. This is this is a bit of a head scratcher to me. You know, you can of course you can't really look at college stats and say they'd be you know they're going to make it or not in the NFL. Otherwise, there'd be a lot of you know college Hall of Famers who are superstars in the NFL, and that uh, hasn't necessarily been the case. There are certainly some out there, but he didn't do a lot in college. Dawson Knox. You look at his numbers; they weren't great, but they're saying all the tools were there, and he just was really wasn't targeted at Ole Miss because of the talent around him, like Metcalf and so forth. Mm -hmm. I still think, you know, the raw athletic skills might be there. Uh, I, you know, this one is the one it, I, I question a little bit, but they, they, you know, moved up to get him. They thought highly of him and, you know, kudos to him. The others, I won't spend time on them individually because we're going to get to round five and later you're doing more crapshoot type of, of picks. But I think, you know, uh, Joseph's got a good chance to make the, the roster. He's got some good special teams capability. Johnson's you know, a lot of people called him the steal of the draft, or at least three people did in the article I read in The Athletic. We'll see if he can add depth to the safety position. Sweeney, he's got to fight off, you know, Kroom and some other recent additions, which we'll talk about later, and we'll see how it goes. But overall, as far as the draft, I was really happy with what they did in the early rounds of this draft. Scott. 
pick it apart or don't. So it is very hard for me to say this, but I kind of love this draft. It's, it's <laughs> like I don't want to give them too much credit because I still have doubts about Bean and McDermott and Allen and, but. I can't. I I have very little to to, to quibble with this draft. I'm By so the way, we have nine one one going to Scott's house right now to see <laughs> been, well, who's got a gun pointed to Scott's head right now. Is it Bean? Is it McTiernan? You know, we're I not swear there. to God, the if the people who listened last week might remember that this is almost how it sounded in 2015 <laughs> or whatever the five year anniversary draft I reviewed was. Was like we were all shockingly happy with it. So, uh oh. Yeah, no, and that's and that's and that's the thing for a draft. Like as Paul said, like any draft can look good. There's thirty, like I want to say there's thirty two. There's twenty nine teams who came out of this draft. Like yeah, we got our guys. Like this team's gonna be better next year. And that's mm -hmm. the problem is that all the teams feel better after the draft because they're all getting new young talent that looks good on paper and that they can see developing into all pros. But that just doesn't happen all the time. And and so there you have to have the, you have to put this in context as this is a draft. We're not going to know about these guys. Got all that. With that said, the, the, the funny thing is, is they kept on saying best player available. And yet the only guys we took were guys were needed, right? <laughs> like defensive line. <laughs> if you told me our, like four of the five biggest needs in this draft were DT, um, offensive line, uh, tight end and running back. Those would be like, I would have put four out of the five. The only one that they didn't get was wide receiver. So, yeah, they can say they didn't reach for a wide receiver, and I'm not saying any of these guys were reaches, but at some level, yes. Like when it gets to some, at some point, you get to a tier at which you're kind of picking the same types of guys, and at that point, you might as well pick the guy that you actually need this year rather than some guy who's just you know going to be good at some point once he gets past the starter on your roster. So that said, I love Oliver. Um, I was when I saw that when he was on the board and the Bills picked, my head was saying pick Jonah Williams, um, trade back and, and, and pick Andre Dillard, take an offensive lineman. We got to keep Allen upright. But my heart was definitely like, take fucking Ed Oliver. <laughs> because like, cause like, he's really, he's really good. Like, I'm really excited. Like I'm almost at by the Jersey excited. Like I think he's, wow. he's, he's, Look he's gonna, out. He's going to be a rock star. Like I, like I, he, he like the athleticism, the first step, the only, the, you know, he's a little undersized and that gives me a little bit of concern, but he's never been in an NFL weight room. If they can't get him another 10 pounds of lean muscle, I'd be shocked. And I don't think it's going to do anything to his explosiveness. He's a machine. Like he's going to be really good. I, I, I like, that's what I think. I, I, I'm, I don't want to oversell it. It is all projections, but it's tough not to see it. Like you see it on tape. He was completely outclassed by pretty much everyone else. I mean, I don't want to say outclassed. He outclassed everyone else he was playing with, um, everyone else on his team. He was frequently outclassing the opponents. He's dominated pretty much his entire career. So I don't know how he's going to get to the NFL. I could and and not do the same thing. It may take a little time, but I think we're going to get there with him. So I'm I'm very excited, and we need, and it was a, a huge need, obviously. Um, yeah, it's, it is funny how um, best player available was never a quarterback. Like, the, right? like, like they, they never, you, you'd never see them be like, well, I mean, our board said that David Brown was, it was, the best it, had, player. it had to be Dwayne Haskins. So, right. sorry, he was on the board. I mean, Ed Oliver was next, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, right? So, it's again, like, I'll take it. Like, that's a good line to put out there. And obviously, like, you know, there's always this subterfuge before the draft. So, you have to kind of do a little bit of sandbagging, but whatever. I'm not going to, 
ping them for that. Like it's just a little right. It's not the end of the world. Um, Ford again, like, yeah, it would have been nice to get kind of one of the top three kind of Williams. I mean, Taylor ended up dropping because of medical, which I don't think anyone really saw coming in the pre-draft workups and stuff. So he was still on the board, I think, but Ford obviously was still there. Um, Dillard had kind of creeped up. I was a little disappointed we get him, but obviously he went in the end of the first. So, but Ford's perfectly serviceable. I think he's got a future as a right tackle. He was in a very pass happy offense at Oklahoma. So he's very comfortable with doing a lot of pass pro, um, you know, running, they, they had a decent running offense when they did want to run the ball in Oklahoma. So I think, I think he's got, like Paul said, he's got the attitude. He's got the size. I think it's just a question of a little bit of the agility. Now he's going to match up with really the, the kind of the premium kind of left ends in the league. That's, you know, at, at this point in the league, all the pass rushers are pretty much good. So you can't, you can't have any real weak spots on your line. Otherwise you're or you're going to have to double team. And I think that's the biggest question is whether he's going to be able to, to hold up on his own out there against whoever the end is. But you know, he's the pick, the pick was there. The, the, the value was there. The trade up was not that big of a deal. So hundred percent made, made sense to me. Um, Singletary is the one that I have the, I don't want to say the biggest concern about, but I'm not sure. I think he can be a good back. I'm not sure for me, as I said in the, in the pre-draft podcast, Bryce Love was on the board here. If it was me and we were going to take a running back here, I would have taken Bryce Love because Bryce Love is a home run hitter. He's an explosive guy. He can outrun people on the field. He can get to the end zone. Devin Singletary had a lot of touchdowns, but if you watched, I actually, Wisconsin played for Atlanta, Florida Atlantic a year or two ago. I forget what it was. Singletary was in the game. He was good, but he wasn't running away from guys. He had good vision sometimes, but he could still get bottled up. Whereas, um, you know, and the, and, the way they run their offense in Florida Atlantic, it was a no huddle explosive lane Kiffin's their head coach. So it was throw the ball over the field. They're running up touchdowns and, you know, again, they're playing, I don't know what their conference is, Sunbelt or something like that. It's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of borderline division one, frankly. So it's the, 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 the stats for Singletary are a bit misleading. I think he's a good player. I'm not sure that he's who we needed with the third round. But then what I would say is my, what I was thinking was we need a tight end. We need a receiver. We need somebody to get out on the ball Allen to get the ball to. And then we get Dawson Knox. We trade back up into the third to get him. And that's, I mean, Paul's points taken on the productivity. Obviously if he was super productive, he probably would not have been there in the third round. <clears throat> we are doing some projection there, but he's a willing blocker at first. Um, and if nothing else, that's helpful. And then if he can, if he can start to, if we can create, a small package for him to begin with because he's not, he doesn't run a whole, he never really ran a whole route tree at Ole Miss. Um, you know, you have a couple packages for him. Obviously we'll get to Lee Smith later. We brought him back in to do some more blocking. We got Croft from Cincinnati to give to, to be the kind of the lead, the lead guy for now. So maybe by the end of the season, he's productive. And then um, the only one I'll add in terms of the, the other, the rest of the thing. I mean, I like Jaquan Johnson a lot. Um, he was really good at Miami. I think I was pretty surprised at his measurables because, again, Wisconsin played him twice actually in bowl games, and he's he was a good player. Like he he, I think he he shows up faster on film because of his awareness and because of his recognition. So it looks so he's he's in more plays because he can see where it's going and he can see where it's developing. If if that explains why he wasn't testing well, I could kind of see that. Um, but there's rules for guys like that, either in your kind of like Jim Leonard like guy who always knows where the playbook is. And because he's, he knows all that, he has always got a spot on the field um, because you need a quarterback back there or it's on special teams. And, you know, we need plenty of special teams help. You know, the, the teams were not great last year. So 
the people like Sweeney too, good kind of Lee Smith Jr. Um, <laughs> and then um, are we going to do, we should really do, uh, we can talk a little about the undrafted VA. Yeah, we should yeah also I'd say do, we're, we're going to that. We should also do the full, I don't want maybe we don't do it this podcast, but I want to do the thing where we name them all and then we figure out like what, what do we do? Like other careers they could have or yeah i think before yeah it was like this person sounds like a what or a um or you know maybe one year we'll have to do um you know mini camp person or another part right like bills player <laughs> or not right yeah. um we could do yeah that. we could do like auto-generated madden names that would have to none of us have madden anymore but that would right. be no we don't i i'm pre preparing notes for the next agenda and i'm just going to call it udfa nicknames and we'll figure it out from there how we want to do that yes let's let me i'm going to skip down past the afc east notes paul and i'm going to go to the roster moves because i feel like my conversation of the draft and to help get into the next part will be part and parcel some of the bigger picture bills questions and stuff that we have now going forward um so you know there was no fifth option uh, for Shaq that was offered Derek Anderson retired as Paul or sorry, Scott pointed out tight end Lee Smith signed a three-year deal. He's back. Guess who's back. Shady's back. Uh, Keith Ford was released. So one less running back in the room. Um, tight end Jake Fisher was released and then and EJ Manuel retires. will save to the end. But I think if you look at, and a, a lot of that stuff was decided after the, after the draft, with like Shaq not resigning his fifth year or not getting the fifth year option, they were pretty clear that they were saying they're not totally out on him. They just, you know, want to play through this year and then see what the options are. Usually that's the kiss of death, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I don't, um, I don't want to, I don't want to break up. I just want to see other people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it is the beginning of the end. Right. Um, but the fact that he's still on the team in a way is good because he was basically a dead man walking. I felt like two years ago with the team. And so the fact that he's still kicking around, I think is, is a testament to him playing well. I will say that I think that the signing of Devin Singletary in the third round spells the end of the bills career of either LaShawn McCoy or um, Frank, Frank Gore. Yeah. Weird. Cause they just signed Frank Gore and they seem to be, adamant that they're keeping LaShawn McCoy, but I don't know, like that's a pretty big investment for, you know, if McCoy is your feature back and Gore is there for pass blocking, I don't know what Devin Singletary is doing. I guess if you sign him and he'll be here next year and you feel like that's a good investment, that's something you could do and you could juggle it, but it's still a really crowded running back room. And so to me, that seems a little, um, that seems a little suspect to me um, or, you know, I'm going to keep my ears open. I wonder also with, un, you know, uh, Tyree Jackson, if the retirement of Derek Anderson um, affects his ability, you've just got uh, Matt Barkley and obviously Josh Allen um, on the squad as quarterbacks now. And I don't know that that means um, Tyree's going to be like the third quarterback and, 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 you know, in uniform on game day, but he, that, that sounds like a, uh, uh, an open door for him. I think it's a little weird that Anderson, who I think we all were thinking wasn't going to play suddenly retired. Did yeah. Guys... Cause he signed the new contract at the end of last year. I'm like, Oh, same quarterback room as last year. Great. I guess right. he's over the fact that he was in concussion mm -hmm. protocol for, I think it was seven weeks. It was a long right. time. 
Uh, but so he signed and then apparently spent some time with his family in Arizona in the off season and realized, you know what, let's, let's just do this. I mean, he made $775,000 last year, so it wasn't terribly a lot for a quarterback. And it looks like he's going to get $90,000 this year of his contract, whatever, you know, you know, so he probably in, when he retired, it, it helped the bills out. Um, I don't know, maybe they had a talk afterwards and said, okay, well, you know, we really appreciate you being around, but it's probably going to end this way and you're not going to play. And do you want to, you know, maybe leave on your own terms? I guess we'll have to, might not, might not ever get the full story on that. Um, and obviously the last thing I want to talk about, not obviously, but the last thing I want to talk about is the remarkable, like we didn't really spend a lot of time on the draft writ large, but the remarkable way in which um, the giants took another quarterback on top of Kyler Murray going first and, you know, going late into the day, the Bills having conversations with the Jets to trade up um, to maybe take the other defensive tackle. is not Sheldon Richardson. He's already on the Jets. Um, who did they take? What was that guy's name? His name was... He's on uh, this list. Quinnen Quinn Williams. Quinnen Williams. Yeah. yeah, sure. Definitely not even close to the same name. Um, <laughs> you know, and so, like, the, the worry of, like, whether they were going to go from eight from nine to three and then were they going to trade out a nine and suddenly you know the draft board breaks in a remarkable really kind of a remarkable way um that you know i think i believe brandon breen bean when he says that they did a bunch of mock drafts and you know they found ed oliver going as early as three and rarely getting down to nine but i mean i'm yeah, instead they of, were salivating i said a bizarre decisions by the the, the raiders the mm -hmm. Giants um, yeah. that really set up, uh, yeah, because like the Raiders, I mean, Cleland Farrell might be a good player, but it, it's not, it was a reach and everyone kind of knew it. And so was Daniel Jones, like a huge reach. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> my favorite joke of the night was somebody on Twitter said that with the 17th pick, the Giants took Daniel Jones again just to make sure they got him. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, to like, you know, have Ed Oliver go down and. Oh, yeah. Um, and just the quote on that, I just take is I have Bean's quote in front of me. He said there were some good players who were falling. You had to consider the whole board. We'd done our due diligence on those teams picking ahead of us, and they were all planning on staying put. We knew there's a chance up to three quarterbacks might be taken. Mm -hmm. And with very few people in front of us willing to move at the end of the day, we thought there were going to be some good players. And then we thought we'd there was a chance we'd get Ed or someone of his caliber, uh, you know, at number nine. Yeah. I mean, they almost had a chance at Hawkinson. I don't know where he was on their board. I'm yeah. And Josh of... Allen was right before that too. Right. Uh, yeah. Pass rusher. So yeah, there was a point when it was Hawkinson, Allen and Oliver were still on the board with seven, eight, nine coming up. I'm like, good chance. One of these is going to be a bill. And I'd be, would have been happy in all of those scenarios. Yeah. Well, they went one, two, three. So like right after the giants pick, mm -hmm. that was it. Like any one of those guys would have been a Buffalo bill. And so that was pretty remarkable. So you have to kind of, Cross your your fingers there. Um, let's talk some more about the the Bills' moves here. We're going to say BJ Manuel for last because I and not. I mean, like towards the end of the podcast because I've I've done a little research here. Um, but um, any other any other thoughts, Paul, on the on the 
notes of the roster moves here? I mean, yeah, I think I think the fit the no fifth year option for Shaq it doesn't bother me. I don't think he earned it. He's certainly yeah. not a guy who should be in making ten to twelve million in a season right now. If he blows us all away and shows all that potential and is more than just someone who's good at setting the edge on the run and occasionally will be able to beat inferior mm-hmm. offensive linemen in the pass rush, then, you know, franchise tag him or do something like that if you really need mm-hmm. to keep him aboard. But it's a smart move. The only issue is it's also the last year of Jerry Hughes' contract this year if you don't extend him. And Trent Murphy was underwhelming last year, uh, and he'd be your only pass rusher on the roster, outside pass rusher on the roster, I should specify, especially with Lorenzo Alexander likely retiring after this season. So it does create a depth problem, but I still think it was the right decision. Uh, Anderson's retirement, you really covered that, Frank, well, talking about how it could open the door for uh, Tyree Jackson. I think Jackson, if he plays well, he could end up on the practice squad. If he doesn't, they'll probably bring in uh, a third quarterback. And if he plays really, really well, uh, you know, he could end up being the no- the number three guy on, on game day. So he made a smart decision signing there. The Lee Smith signing, I, I won't, I won't lie. That surprised me a little bit. Three years and guaranteed money into the second yeah. season means he's not just a camp guy. They're anticipating him and Tyler Croft being on the roster at least this season. And I'm sure they're probably banking on Dawson Knox being on the team this year. Might that be the only three tight ends they keep? Do they add a fourth? And is that fourth going to be Sweeney? Is it going to be Kroom? You know, there's so many ways that could go. So I think this really makes the tight end position interesting. And what stands out to be the most is they really like these big blocking guys up front, which gives credence to the theory I've read that, you know, what Dable is going to try and do this year is make the running game as successful as possible. So that'll help Josh with his development, like the, you know, Ravens did with Joe Flacco back in the day when they had Ray Rice mm-hmm. in the backfield and, you know, just kind of let him grow with a good running game and defense into, you know, a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Ford's release, I don't think it was that surprised any of us. I think Marcus Murphy will be next, you know, and we'll see which guys end up making the the roster in the end at running back. And, and yeah, Jake Fisher, I feel we covered the tight end position all, already. And once they brought Lee Smith aboard, they probably figured out that this is redundant. But, you know, it, interesting moves. The Lee Smith one stuck out with me the most is a surprising one, but I, I think it does give some idea of how they're going to try and run this offense next year. Yeah, I think I think the the Lawson the Lawson unsigning or not signing was probably the most interesting to me. I think if you looked at the the path that he was on, he was getting better kind of every year and he is a natural fit for that kind of position in this offense to a certain extent. So I'm not I'm not saying that I definitely would have kept him, but I think given the I mean, I'm not saying 10 or 12 million dollars is a bargain, but at some point, you know, if you want a premium pass rusher, you're either going to have to get lucky in the draft, and I will say it is always easy to... I don't want to say always easy to find pass rushers, but there's usually a fair amount of pass rushers coming out every year because it is mm-hmm. it is such... I don't want to say an easy thing to do, but if you have a good athlete, that's frequently where they're putting them now when you're coming into high school football. You know, they just put them at pass rush because they can get so much pressure that way, and it's because it's so critical to disrupting any kind of offense. Um, so pass rushers are, I don't want to say a dime a dozen, but they're easier to find. That would be the biggest argument for losing Lawson. But honestly, like he's in the NFL. He's clearly worth a starter. You don't have to be, you know, I am a little worried about the amount of depth last this, this, this year coming up, 
Um, I mean, this year coming up, I'm a little worried about. Never mind next year mm. in terms right. of, you know, yeah, if, Hughes could slow down this year. Murphy could get hurt again, and then you really are like, okay, Ed Oliver rushing from the inside. Lorenzo Alexander is old, so yeah, yeah. it gets. I mean, again, every position is always a little dicey, but I think we're definitely thin on pass rush. So, yeah, I mean, long longer term, you know, I think it's more debatable about Lawson. I don't think I would have had a huge issue with giving him another ten mil or twelve mil for another year and then kicking that can down the road a, a little bit. Um, and there's nothing to stop you from just taking another pass rusher next year anyway, because I think when we look at the team a year from now, that's probably still going to be an issue, and you can never really have enough pass rushers. So. Um, that one, I don't want to say a, a, a huge surprise, but I'm not sure I would have done that. And then other than that, yeah, I mean, bringing in Lee Smith, you know, I, I guess he's the, <laughs> he's the Lee Smith of signings. Like, we, uh, you know, it's, he's a blocking tight end. Like, right. Great. He's, he's someone I, I never thought we'd talk about again, unless he was at this day in Bill's headlines answer. He I really felt that on the radio. Over, yeah. I listened to him on the radio and he was like, they were like, well, what do you think? He's like, I'm not, he basically was great. He's like, I'm not here to take anyone's job. As people know, I'm here to basically, he literally was like, I'm here to block and to help younger tight ends with things. And I thought, well, okay, like at least you have a good sense of, Hey, your role's going to be. And they're paying him a million and a half guaranteed or whatever. And sure. I'll, yeah. I'll do whatever they tell me for a million and a half dollars. Yeah. Right. Exactly. For a year's work or two years work. Unlike so. Joe Flacco, who's like, mm, it's not my job to teach this guy how to play quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I mean, Ford and Fisher, yeah, I, that's just, these are deaf guys who are kind of on the edge of the league anyway. So I don't think if any, if anyone was expecting more than them than that, then you're, you're not paying attention. So, <sighs> yeah, I, I have not much to add to that. That's I, I feel like you you guys have covered a lot of, of of what I've been thinking with regards to this stuff. I also am not like overly thrilled with the Lee Smith signing, but I am excited for um, football to start. So there you go. Um, <laughs> AFC East. The Jets took uh, Quinn and Williams overall first overall. He was the 2018 Outland Trophy winner. Uh, I, I wish he was the Outback Trophy winner because that'd be kind of cool. He'd be a, get a big stake. Um, uh, Miami gets quarterback Jeff or Josh Rosen, um, the guy that I was taught for last year, and then didn't do anything in Arizona. So he went in the first round last year, uh, traded up for, by the way, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then Miami now gets hit him for a second round pick from Arizona and a fifth round pick. And then they took uh, defensive tackle Christian Wilkinson over, uh, 13th overall and New England took wide receiver Nikhil Harry. Um, that's probably the, the least notable thing that they did of the draft things there because it's New England and it doesn't almost doesn't matter. <laughs> but you got three 2018 quarterbacks in the in the uh yeah. In the, in the AFC East, and then the other guy is Tom Brady. I um, and they're gonna. I, I assume New England will just trade for Baker Mayfield some point during some the point, season, right? Yeah, like Baker Mayfield to start sitting out soon. Um, and then, as Paul correctly writes, New York, the New York Jets then shit themselves by firing GM Mike McGannigan um, or McAgnan. Sure, easy for you to say. Um, which. I, I read a summary of all the things he had done and before they fired him, which include like the entire draft and then signing Le'Veon Bell, who I guess it was reported that Adam Gates, the head coach wasn't thrilled about. And now they fired him like after he's done all these things. And then Adam Gates interim general manager 
like like within a day trades a linebacker for a fifth pick. So um, weird to say the least. <laughs> Scott, do you have thoughts on the other AFC East teams and and what they've done here? Because I I mean I'm fascinated by New York, but I mean yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean so. If you think about the division, obviously, like the Pats will continue to be the Pats as long as Brady and Belichick were there. Like they will continue to find, like continue to not have first round picks, but they will, and they will miss on some second and thirds, but they will also find good second and thirds who are enough to keep the the machine oiled and working. And I know that, like they lost, I forget who the latest tackle who they lost, and they're just going to replace him with Jairus Wynn, who was their first round pick last year, but who tore his tore his knee or tore his ACL in, in camp or whatever. So it, you know, the Pats will continue to be the team to beat the jets you know obviously you can debate about Le'Veon bell from a financial kind of team building perspective mm-hmm. but i'm not super excited to play Le'Veon bell twice well, same here that's not that's not good news for us like that's i mean I, I'll, I'll i'll be a little depending on what they put around him darnold obviously was able to do some stuff against us last year not a tremendous amount but enough um you know once or twice and and it it was able so between that and Bell, they didn't have uh, you know Williams. Everyone seems to like him. the The best thing that I could say from a Bills fan perspective is as if Quinnen Williams becomes the Aaron Maben of the Jets <laughs> because he was kind of a one year wonder who didn't have a big resume. He goes into Alabama where obviously there's a ton of talent around him, and he yeah he he put some put some good film out there and and puts up some numbers. But maybe it's just maybe it was a bit of luck. Maybe it was a flash in the pan. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe. You're never really gonna. You know, you just kind of had to hope they screw it up with McCagden picking. That that chance is a little light, is a little higher. So that that's some of it. Um, the other thing is in terms of the Dolphins, they looked like they were going into full kind of tank mode, and then to a certain extent, this is a bit of that. But obviously, this accelerates that into. You know, now they've got the QB. So Maybe. now, oh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. In the sense that that is one, that is the key part of the the rebuilding to a certain extent. Is is you have to kind of make a bet on a quarterback at some point. The Bills, right? That's obviously the last year. Now the Dolphins have as well. So it's going to be interesting. I don't say I don't want to say the cupboard's bare in Miami. It's certainly not. It's certainly not full either. Um, so I'm still pretty confident in the Bills able to deal with Miami. But uh, they're gonna still be, you know, hanging around, and and you know, if Rosen is what his scouting report was before the draft last year, then you know, maybe we've got a little to be worried about. I don't know. I mean, uh, both Frank and I were more on the Rosen bandwagon last year than the Allen bandwagon by far. So, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, we end up eating our words. I think it's just a smart move. Like, if you could get a first round quarterback for a second round pick like yeah and one he, year later right and he yeah. and he and he works out then yeah you have shortcut the process a little if he turns out to be a good quarterback but if he doesn't well i mean arizona had him on his team last year and they had the first overall pick so in a way you're not really any further behind cuz you've not really given up any future assets you gave up one second rounder this year in the year you were planning on tanking anyway um, or, you know, soft tanking and you're taking a, almost a flyer on a, on a well-touted quarterback, you know, pretty quickly. So t- 
to was me, probably in a good situation. In right. Right. Was in an, a super awkward situation to begin with. So, you know, in a weird way, like I had been really happy because for Rosen being in in Arizona, because I liked him and I kind of wanted him to do well. Now I have to root against him. Um, you know, I'll find my way to do that. I'll be okay. But, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely an interesting, and I think probably a smart move, even if he turns out to be bad because they haven't really, that was their plan anyway. Yeah. Um, and it, teams blow second round picks all the time. That's essentially yeah. all they would have done is blow a second round pick in a fifth rounder and, 2020 which is going to be the highest what 100 in you know 62nd overall pick something like that so yeah and not a quarterback too it's not like they it's a running back that you know you could maybe get a dime a dozen or something it's like if you hit this you've you've you know squared away part of your franchise um for a while yeah and i and what's interesting to me i'm just <laughs> i'm just going right into it now but mm -hmm. you know as a bills fan we I think last year before the draft, and we'd have to listen to our podcast on it, but I think we there was some understanding that Baker Mayfield was going to go first. There was some question whether it might be Darnold, but a lot of word leaked that mm -hmm. you know, Mayfield might go one. So now we debated extensively Darnold, Allen, Rosen. We I think all three of us squarely had Allen as number three on that list. And you know, we're all, as you said, you know, we're all hoping to get our words now. On the list. Yeah, he yeah. was <laughs> Yeah. But um, so now we're going to probably be able to definitively answer that by seeing these guys for all of these guys for multiple games a year and watching their development. So I really kind of like how this worked out. It was like the 83 draft class. And you had Kelly and Marino and O'Brien all in the same division. Uh, the Colts also drafted a guy named John Elway, but he wouldn't sign with them, got traded away. But can you imagine if Elway had stayed with the Colts? That would have been a crazy AFC East in the 1980s. But it was, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to watching those developments. And yeah, I still think, like Scott, I think this is kind of a semi-tank season for them, but they've definitely put some pieces in place toward, you know, their future already and sped up that process by getting a, a highly regarded quarterback you know, a year before we expected them to. I think with the Jets, yeah, this the Jets are just, this is crazy to me. One, and Scott made some good points on Quinn and Williams being a one-year wonder. That said, I think if I were the Jets drafting in that spot, number three overall, and the players had come off the board before, I think I've got to pick Williams as well. I think he just, you know, he was really just so impressive, you know, last season. And I think it's a good pick, but the Jets have a lot of roster hole still in this fills of position that was kind of one of strength at least semi-strength for them granted those guys aren't under contract forever you're getting the best player available you're getting someone who is regarded of course as the best player available we won't know that until the future plays out and you know i it's i think that it might you know we'll see how this works out long term for the jets but it was definitely you've, you've got some question marks there and then yeah fighting your g it's it's the timing on that, right? It's the yeah. You, it's just you weird. You had a like, like when the Bills let go of Whaley. Granted, that was right after the draft. But when when McDermott was recapping the draft, he's like, "Yeah, I thought this. I thought that." And we all know, hmm, he's not saying we. And then a day later, Whaley was was fired. Yeah. This is three weeks after draft. It's allegedly because he spent a little too much money on certain really good players. I was in the in the fitness center yesterday, and and they had pardon the interruption. I'm Michael Wilbon is like if I'm if I'm uh, Mike McCagnin, I am rooting against 
Adam Gase every quarter of this year. Like every quarter you want the Jets to to lose because it's like, I gave you these really talented players. What do you care how much I paid for them? If As long as it's not tying up huge amounts of money in future years, it, you know, it, so it's, it just makes me think the Jets are, are still a mess, even though I think they made improvements this off season. And, you know, it was definitely a strike against them. And we haven't talked about New England because we don't need to. They just got, they got another receiver late in the, at the end of the first round. And yeah, they're going to be great. Know, they'll be great. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about minicamp or EJ Manuel? I want. I'm worried, I'm, I want to talk about EJ Manuel. Yeah, that's it. a lot of talking. So he's retired. Um, uh, after amazingly just five years in the NFL, it feels like so much longer ago than that. Um, but it it was only five five seasons. Um, the 2013 NFL draft. Um, and I went back as I did the other week. And I listened to our podcast um, from when we were drafting EJ Manuel. And the episode before was the last episode at my apartment in Sherlington. <laughs> and the cats were running around. And Susan had just given us. Yep. Those were good days. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I remember no, they driving out days. to Sherlington and we'd always order a pizza and, and we'd always... Hair, right, and then yep. cut it up awkwardly yep. amongst three try, people. Try and cut a, uh, an eight-slice pizza into threes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Susan, had, my wife had just given me a um, haircut that was too short because she didn't ask me what clipper length to use. And I was worried I'd never have hair again. And Paul was almost moving back to Buffalo. Oh, um, yeah. And it was funny because you're like, I might move next week. It might be in be uh, 2019 before I, I get there. And here you are in 2019 <laughs> um, back in, in D.C. Back in D.C. Yep. So uh, that's the way back machine. And Scott, per usual, was our, our trade guru who said, I want them to trade down and maybe still get a quarterback. And I'm but I'm not too thrilled with the quarterbacks in this class even though Buddy Nix is all like, let's do it. He was worried that we would take Ryan Nassib at eight. Um, and we were calling him Ryan Nassib until the next week when we called him Ryan Nassib. <laughs> we, we had corrected our, our prediction or our, our pronunciations. Um, the Bills, in fact, did trade down from eight to 16 and still took the first quarterback off the board. Um, notably, Scott also liked a guy named Julio Jones and Cordell Patterson. So it's clear to me that Scott should be running uh, a front office somewhere because he is, he is in fact, uh, almost I mean, always Patterson's right. not, Patterson's not a first round pick. He is, he is a second. He went, or yeah. He went 29th. He was okay. So he, I mean like the, end, the terrible Vikings, right. Okay. You were just saying, I like him, I think. Um, uh, then he was taken and the, you know, the consensus was that, um, EJ Manuel was the best quarterback of the draft. Uh, we felt like that was probably true and but, if you know what it still might possibly be true you well, try ranking the, the top I, five it's, this is this was the question i was going to ask if you're already if you're already looking at the list paul then i can't do my my quiz question but you you can because i'm not looking at the list now but i did see one earlier in the week and someone on twitter put here is a list of quarterbacks you know from it might have been sal capaccio of that draft like choose mm -hmm. the top five good luck and you could literally order there's i think it was clear who the top five were the quote-unquote top five but 
you could rank any one of them one and any one of them five, and there's an argument to be made for it. Um, but what w- what was definitely said was after this, Scott says he goes, which of course he's like, Buddy Nix is touting this one because he's only got a year left, and then his guy Whaley's going to maybe take over, and Russ Brandon's going to have to figure out, you know, what we have, which is like Scott already kicking Doug Whaley before he even has the job <laughs> as would be the theme for the next five years. Um, and you had pointed out that the 2014 class was a much better class. It looked like already for quarterbacks. Boy, this is why Scott does most of our draft analysis. I know it was yeah. uh, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Logan Thomas, Tom Savage, Aaron Murray, AJ McCarron. Logan Thomas. Wow. Zach Mettenberger, David Fales, uh, Keith Wedding, Taj Boyd, and Garrett Gilbert. But I mean, Bortles, Bridgewater, and Carr, I don't care for Blake Bortles, but clearly better than um, anyone in 2013. And Jimmy Garoppolo, um, also untarnished at least. But the 2013 class. EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, uh, Ryan Nassib, Tyler Wilson, Landry Jones, Brad Sorensen, Zach Dicer, and BJ Daniels. So, yeah, I mean, not a that, that could have not a Pro Bowl among them. Not right. they didn't make one Pro Bowl amongst them. That, that um, could be a, a year where no quarter where if you had to redraft that season, if every GM you know, could go back from, from today and redraft that draft, you would have a draft where no quarterbacks are taken. Right. Like, yeah, not at all. We also felt like uh, we were certain that EJ Manuel wouldn't start the season, that he was a bit of a development. And Kevin Cobb and his concussions. The episode before was called the ennui of Kevin Cobb. Because <sighs> we were trying to decide how we felt about Kevin Cobb and nobody, everyone was like, it was the ultimate flat nonsense. Um, so, and then we talked about EJ Manuel and other things. Um, so there you go. I mean, we were, we were on it. We were on it. And, and so was the conventional wisdom about the, um, about the, about the quarterback class that year. First overall, uh, in 2013, anybody remember or guess? Uh, I, I don't. Kansas city chiefs, offensive tackle, Eric Fisher. Mm. And then. Ezekiel Ansa was taken fifth overall by the Lions, and he's oh, yeah. going to come up in of a the minute. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Sheldon Richardson was the thirteenth pick. That's why I was thinking of him because I was looking at this list before I, I um, did that. I mean, a couple of good players. I don't think anybody super great in the first round in twenty thirteen. Anyway, I mean, yeah, it's not like they, it's not like the year where they drafted Whitner or the year they drafted me. And you're like, oh, but there were so many ones that not only turned out better, which is, of course, always easy to say in hindsight, but mm-hmm. they did at the time. You figure those guys look like they're going to be a lot better. What are they doing here? Yeah. I mean, 2013, it was just a t- yeah. no one was no one did really great in that first round. No, I don't think so. Uh, but there you go. That's our that's our time machine this week for the the EJ manual um, draft and gone. He's done after like he's not sticking around to, to be perpetual backup or whatever so there so, you go so do you so now if i have the stock that ej manuel sold in his career i still have that stock right it's because now he goes on to his lucrative career following and i still get a take of his earnings right 
I think so. Right. You just get like the XFL money or whatever he. Okay. He, yeah. Ends if up he's doing. a broadcasting or he goes on to the enormous Nike shoe deal that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> that is when that money comes in. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll all kick in then. Right. right. He needs to be the next Tony Romo. Got it. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just hold on to those shares a little bit longer. Yeah. Just, I, you know, those pumpkin shares, you just, yeah, I, I feel like you, you can hold on to the, the shares in pumpkin stocks in pumpkin futures until about the middle of November. It would be a good idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good investment advice. Yes. That's, before, that's what we're here for. Maybe, maybe next stock, right? <laughs> maybe next mutual fund. Um, but th th those are your EJ manual uh, lamentations. Uh, what do we got? We've been, we've been not quite an hour. Oh yeah, we're just starting. Uh, we started like about fifty-ish minutes right now. All right, well then let's just talk about the new tailgating policy, and then we'll be done. I, all right. Yes. Well, now we've Seattle. got this day in Bill's headlines, and then oh yeah, well yeah. no then forget that. Let's just do this day in Bill's headline and get all right. out of here because right. All right. Uh, okay, so we'll do it. We have no Facebook and Twitter questions. I've been off largely off Twitter for a couple of weeks, uh, but it's not a, a ban or anything. I just have, have been busy, uh, but mm -hmm. I will I will try and get there because I know there have been people commenting on stuff. Uh, anyway, so this day in Bill's headlines, today is May 16th. And I think we have some good ones. A lot of these are more recent, which I think Scott and Frank are probably glad to hear. It, it gives some good odds on this. So we've mm -hmm. got 10 questions and we'll just fire it up right now. So this one will come with a quote. So here's the headline. Blank, this is May 16th of 2018, one year ago. Okay. Blank, out to show all he needs is a chance with bills. Sometimes you have to just embrace the moment, enjoy the fact that you have an opportunity. Everything's not always going to go the way you expect. He said after his first practice with the Bills at rookie minicamp Friday, regardless of whether you're a first round draft pick or a tryout player, it doesn't matter now. We're all on equal footing. I want to show these coaches that I'm reliable. If that means playing receiver, playing long snapper, whatever it is. I want the coaches to understand that I can be a player oh, yeah. for the Buffalo Bills. I remember who this is. This is Terrell Pryor. No, 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 he was later in the year and he said something similar. Right. This Darn is it. actually, I, I, I won't give a hint. I'll let you mm -hmm. guys try and work it out before I give it. Go ahead. Hand. Yeah. I'll let Scott. Um, um, Zay Jones. Good no, guess. He was a second year player, so he could have been at the, the mini camp. Yeah, it would have been second year. Yeah. Robert Foster. Mm. Ding, ding. I was drinking water when Frank gave the correct answer. Okay. It was indeed right. Robert Foster, who I purposely did not mention at all during this podcast when we were too because I was thinking, you know, if we talk about David Sills, the fifth, uh, mm -hmm. it would be a good chance to talk about Robert Foster. I wasn't going to mention him because I knew he was an answer, but sure enough, he caught on. And, uh, you know, I'm if we have a discussion sometime about who we're most interested in seeing how they do in year two, it's going to be Josh Allen, number one. I think we're all going to be interested in Robert Foster, maybe, you know, next yeah. most on that list. All right, bonus headline from 2018. So also from 2018, uh, May 16th, Blank makes NFL's top 100 list. Now, he was the only Bill on there is, is the hint. Well, this is before LaShawn McCoy's bad year, so I'll say LaShawn McCoy. All right, Scott. Um, I'm going to say Zay Jones. Both, both good guesses. LaShawn, I would have guessed, was going to be the correct answer, but he dropped off last year, even though he'd had a decent year in 2017. Micah Hyde was the Bills' representative on the NFL's top 100 list. Okay. 
All right. This one, uh, this one, I'll give you some uh, a nice quote is a clue too. Twenty seventeen, low draft status will be motivation for Bills blank. It's always good motivation, he said. You can't try to say it's not because it definitely is when you have guys pass up on you that much. I'm extremely thankful to the Bills for giving me an opportunity. So you're looking for someone picked in the latter half of the 2017 draft. Mm. Zay Jones. <laughs> well, he was in the second round, so he wasn't really passed on. I like but... what you're doing here, Scott. This is okay. good. Um, well, three times and then it's not, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, unless you're going to go. Rule of nine. threes. Then, because <laughs> we've never killer man, we we have never beaten a joke over the head over and over senselessly. <laughs> yes. Never prone to do that. That's not something we do here. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I I don't remember my 2017 draft very well. All right. He was. Uh. He. Let's put it this way. He got. He ended up getting some significant playing time for the Bills as a rookie. And man, is it a shame he did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he is, he is oh, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so much for good motivation for his low draft status. You were drafted. Imagine how much worse he would have been if we drafted him higher. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. 2016. I have a quote for this one, too. Uh, blank has surgery. It was a bad, as bad a day for the Bills as you can have in mid-May. Less than oh, a Bills player had surgery. Yes. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of people that probably had right. surgery. Right. That's why I had to give okay. context. This, uh, is, this is important. Right. Okay. But less than an hour after the news broke that Shaq Lawson will have shoulder surgery tomorrow, it was revealed that Blank had surgery on a broken foot a few weeks ago. He played with a stress fracture last year. The surgery put a screw into the a small broken bone in his foot, and he's expected to be sidelined around four to six weeks. Was this a running back? Don't want to give too many hints on this one. Okay. So it was. It was a running back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say... Um, what year is this again? 2016. So this is Rex Ryan. It is and Rex it, Ryan. This is Carlos Williams. No, he was just fat. He just ate <laughs> Yeah. 2016 would be his last year with the Bills. All the years run together. I know. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Yes. Good well, yeah, that's right. All right. 2013. And we'll have, I've got a lot of quotes today. We'll have quotes How could I forget one. Sammy Watkins being injured? Yes. And his cry, I think his foot still, I think he still missed some time with the foot injury in Kansas City this year. And that's why they signed uh, Kelvin Popeyes Benjamin. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to take his place. And still unsigned, if you're looking for a receiver out there, Calvin Benjamin, you listen to me, XFL. All right. Um, 2013, Bills hope blank can fill a void. Absolutely, I'm still the same guy, he said after the Bills practice on Wednesday. If anything, those first two years in Indy gave me a chance to rest up and learn, so now I'm an eager, fresh, hungry 24-year-old ready to get out there and get playing football. <laughs> Narrator, he did not. Um... <laughs> Uh, Jerry Hughes? Narrator, he did. It was Jerry Hughes. Oh, there you go. So he did. Up, boy, he was. They traded Kelvin Shepard for him. Let's let's not forget that Buddy Nix did have that one good moment. Uh, all right, 2012. QB blank, eager to fill any role to help Bills win. 
My whole thing is that I use it as motivation to silence my doubters. I have a huge doubter base. I used to feed into that, but my biggest thing is not feeding into that. The biggest thing is I just want to go out and play football, help out in any way I can. And uh, now we'll insert what Frank just said on the last one. Narrator, he, he didn't. Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> EJ Manuel. Oh, right before EJ, we are in 2012. Oh. Uh, a guy never played a snap for the, the Bills. Well, he played a lot of preseason snaps for the Bills. Uh, people, he was on the same team right then as Mario Williams, and they have another connection as well. Kevin Cobb? No. All right. Well, it fits before AJ, EJ was the... Was the um, right that that's what I think this might tip it off to Scott if you remember. So Mario Williams was the first overall pick, and a lot of people thought this player should be the first overall pick. Vince Young. Vince Young. Frank gets in there. All right. So um, onward we go. We will go down to 2010. This will be a tougher one, but it's 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 doable. Benton Harbor alum blank believes he can make it in NFL said, I can learn from other great running backs that will make me better. If I don't make the bills and another team picks me up, I'm not just playing for one team. I'm playing for 32 teams. I just want to give it my all every day and make the bills a better team. His statement proved to be extremely prescient because he would never play for the bills, but he did have a career line. Uh, He played from 2010 to 2016, 75 games, 15 starts, 564 carries for 2,241 yards, four yards a carry total, uh, and 22 touchdowns, mainly for the Detroit Lions. Barry Sanders. Yes, very few people remember that, you know, he came back in 2010. Really weird, yeah. He, yeah. Um, let's see. He was someone we talked about, I think, on one of our early pods because he was so impressive in, in the preseason. Uh, and they let him go, and I think he ended up signed with Philly briefly and then got hmm. his got his home in, in Detroit. This is going to bother me. Um, to shard choice. No, no, but a good guess. We do... F- we follow him on Twitter, which isn't going to help him. That was a poor... It might help Frank because... That was a poor Tashard, Frank. He was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Calvin Johnson. Uh, Joik Bell. Joik Bell. Wait. I did, forgot that he was ever a Bill. Yeah, yeah. there you go. His career yeah. he put together for himself. So he knew he knew he wasn't going to make the roster with the Bills' depth with Lynch and Spiller and Fred Jackson, but he ended up getting in a good landing spot. All right. This one I'm only including because uh, it's not as awful as it's going to seem when I start uh, the headline. 2009, Bill's fullback blank arrested, accused of sex act. Uh, the charge, it was a misdemeanor and required a warrant for his arrest, which led to the lag until he was jailed. He was arrested in an exposure case in Port St. Lucie for a misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs charge following the March 20th incident. And the funny thing about this is he he didn't do it. He just happened to be an African-American on a bicycle, and the culprit was an African-American on a bicycle, and they looked nothing alike. Sounds like Florida to me. Yep. Um, fullback? Fullback. This wasn't There's... Ruby Dixon, was it? Because that'd be great. Oh, that would have been perfect. Exposing his Dixon or his booby. No, it, yeah, was, it was not. 
<laughs> He's the one who wore the uh, like fangs. Is his mouth guard? Uh, oh, this is frustrating. Shelton? No, Damon Shelton's a, was a Bills fullback around this time, but she played five seasons for the Bills. Uh, 16 games each season, except for one where he had 11. So he's around for a while. He never had more than uh, seven carries in a year or five uh, or was his most catches in the year. He had one year where he had uh, seven catches as well. So he was never a big, uh, big guy in the running game. Uh, if he were around in the 80s, he'd have to compete with Mr. Haim and Mr. Feldman. Corey. Corey Dillon. Cory <laughs> um, Booker. Oh. <laughs> I uh, a fullback named Corey. Yep. Five Obviously. seasons. Five seasons. <laughs> Played well. seventy-four games for the Bills. <laughs> oh, how soon we forget. forget. No, he's the punter. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, it, we've we've killed Scott trying to. Yeah, no, this is done. I yeah, I, I'm. All this, right, well, I, I tried to milk you guys there. It's Corey McIntyre. McIntyre, a Mac attack. Yep. Man, that was terrible. I I mean, that's all right. Take it off. We got two to go. He was a guy. Yeah, all right, you're right. It was just a. No, but I got to go out there and execute it's better. Not, I mean, it, that wasn't like some obscure like. Vince Young, where he's on the team for like a year or two, like that, we really should have gotten that, like yeah, <laughs> for five years. That's that's on me, Frank. But in your defense, he never had more than twelve touches in any season, so you know it, it was one of been easy. All right, two thousand eight, overlooked blank could make impact for Bills. That says if the Bills' ultimate goal, and we're gonna let these sirens go by, uh, if the Bills' ultimate goal is to keep the top remaining pass catcher with their final receiver spot, then odds are blank will be the choice. He certainly has the talent to become one of the steals of April's draft, but whether he'll follow in the career path of Marquez Colston, the New Orleans Saints spectacular wideout, who was a seventh round pick in 2006, is probably wishful thinking. Of course, stranger things have happened. Um, Stevie was undrafted, right? No, no, you're it's Stevie. It's Stevie. Stevie, seventh, seventh round pick in 2008, and he was not as good as Marquez Colston, but I think it's safe to say he was uh, probably. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go book back and look at that draft, but he was probably the steal of the of of that draft. I mean, he's as good a receiver as we drafted in the last ten since years. since Lee probably, and that was 04. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Watkins had more talent, but he was never on the field. He didn't have right. Story of his career. All right, last one. Let's see if we can end on a bang. I've got a bunch of hints to try and get us there if, if we we can't get there. 2002. We're going back 17 years now, so we got to warm up the juices. Blank, center of attention. Okay, so the first day of organized team activity for rookies and first and second year players centered around one player, second year offensive lineman, blank. Now, your hints are he would play 52 games with Buffalo. He started all of them, first at right tackle as a rookie and then at left tackle. He then signed with an NFC team for seven years, $36 million, including $12 million in bonuses, but he would only play 23 games over four seasons before getting released by that team. He is now the director of player development uh, for the University of Georgia Bulldogs. 
Jonas Jennings. Joe, wow. Scott probably didn't need it. Scott's like, you had me at hello. You had me at center of attention. Yes, Jonas Jennings is the correct answer. No, I was going the other direction when you said center of attention. I was like, oh, is it a play on words? Because it's the I know. That's I thought that in the headline too, especially when it's an offensive lineman. But yep, this was uh it was it was his name is Jonas Jennings. My name is Jonas. So that was this day in Bill's headlines, May 16th. Well, there you go. There we go. Do we, wow. we? Yeah, I don't know. I we, think that's the end of the. Po- I know. Sorry. I feel like we're barely at an hour, so it's like we've got to, you know, ramble incessantly about something. Yeah, I don't think we have to do that. We're we're probably good to get out of here. And uh, yeah, Scott apparently has a rug he has to clean, so <laughs> he's got a <laughs> he's got a self Roomba tonight. Um, so we could we could wrap up. We could wrap up. Who's gonna wrap up? I guess I'll wrap up, right? I guess. Okay. I, so, uh, thank you all for listening to our podcast. Um, this is the beginning of season eight. Um, Yay! Season yeah. premiere. Like, like how we push it an hour in. Welcome. That's right. Big Bang That's Theory is, is ending tonight, and we are starting our eighth season. So, um, there's no penny on this show, though. Um, but you can listen to us still. Uh, Anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny or Facebook.com slash bbillsmny. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitter, bbillsmny, bbillsmny at gmail.com, Google search Buffalo Bills podcast or Buffalo Bills maybe next year. We will turn up. We are happy to provide you with audio to listen about the Buffalo Bills. We will we will be back in a few weeks because my guess is we're going to let some things happen before we talk again. Um, this is the time of year where, unlike you know, the local radio station in Buffalo, we're not forced to talk about the bills and make things up. So uh, we're not gonna, we'll talk about them when it's pertinent and we'll have things to talk about. Um, But we really appreciate your listening and we hope you're having a good day. And thank you again. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone.